millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. safe to say that you took that well, Nathan. <laughs> anyway, good evening uh, and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live from the Valley on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me in the studio here at the Valley to look back at last night's last ditch defeat uh, up at Hillsborough and ahead to Saturday's massive, massive six-pointer uh, against Huddersfield Town. On my left-hand side, we just heard in there, oh, laughing, uh, in the comms, I think a, a laugh of frustration, Nathan Muller. If I didn't laugh... Uh, I'd probably cry, I swear. So uh, I think life was probably the best option. Because you were doing both of those off air not long <laughs> after, actually. But, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, after uh, it was. But yeah, I'm, yeah, my, I'm back, yeah. back in the big smoke. Yeah, um, been here for a while, see. actually. Yeah. yeah, been here for a while. Yeah, been football be, manager, aren't I? Yeah, but as soon as you came back from the Sheffield, you just sat in the studio until I got here and then we did the show. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Well, someone who hasn't been sat here for <laughs> hours upon hours, but is uh, here to do the show nonetheless, is Mr. Lewis Cathead. Doing this all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bit deflated, yeah. Deflated, at least you only just watched it at home, so you exactly, didn't, you didn't yeah. have the journey. You guys home made the after. trek, which is you know, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah. how, how are you then? A good week, apart football? from yeah, apart from the football, yeah. not too bad. Yeah, apart excellent stuff. Uh, right, so on tonight's show, then we will look back at that performance at the uh, at Hillsborough last night. Um, we'll hear the, the thoughts of manager Lee Bo. You want to hear your thoughts on the performance as well? You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for this evening's show. Let us know what you made of yesterday's defeat at Hillsborough and of course uh, what you want to see different 
up at the John Smith Stadium on Saturday. It's a huge game uh, against Huddersfield Town. Um, with the table as it is after Wigan's win at Reading yesterday, we're just two points above the relegation zone. There's still three teams in between us and 22nd place Wigan, but it's getting a little bit squeaky bum time uh, down there at the wrong end of the championship. So anything you want to say for this evening's show, uh, let us know. We're also going to hear from a fellow podcaster. We're going to hear from Brady Frost uh, from the uh, And He Takes That Chance podcast, the Huddersfield Town podcast. He gives us the lowdown uh, on the Terriers ahead of Saturday's massive game. So, Knife, um, yes. if we'd got away with a point, it would have been a bit of a smash and grab point, probably, to be fair. I think we were under pressure for, for large spells of that. Sheffield Wednesday's finishing was letting them down. Mm. We had a couple of chances ourselves, um, but it was flat, wasn't it, last night? And uh, when Sheffield Wednesday got that goal right at the very end, even though it came in frustrating circumstances, a free kick that probably shouldn't have been given, mm. and then absolute chaos inside our penalty area, I, I think... That you'd struggle to find a Sheffield Wednesday fan who thought they didn't deserve the three points last night. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you when you uh, reflect on it at the morning after me at the time, you're you know it's an emotional and you're, you're gutted, you know. And um, I probably said things that, that were were probably to be fair a little bit salty, but like you say, um, like the Oliver Langford show. Yeah, the Oliver <laughs> Langford show. Um, but to be fair, like I mean, the first half, yeah. They, I honestly thought it was the Oliver Langford show and he was a starring role and he was superb in his own show. But that being said, did we deserve to win? No. Did we deserve to draw? Probably not. But I think when you're that close and you've been hanging on and you've, you know, your goalies kept you in it in deals and you're that far, you know, you're just so close. It's obviously gut-wrenching. But, I mean, for me, I don't think the, there was... Um, it was the fact it was a foul. So I was telling you, first speaking to me, old man, who's a referee assessor about it, and it's just frustrating um, of the the game itself. But when you're so near, and you know the, the games against Forest, where you know we play really well, um, and it's just these last minute goals we goals we've conceded. It's not the worst performance I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen There's that looking that about, about, and it's like, come on, really. Yeah. Is this the is this the worst game everyone's ever seen? If they have, then fair enough. But I can probably I've, I can think of worse games I, than I last month. At least <laughs> it, it probably it wasn't even our worst performance of the season. But it wasn't our worst performance of the last month. No, yeah, not it, at all. Exactly. But I mean, look, it was a, it was a disappointing it was, performance. Yeah, it was bad. But when what I was well, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is going into the last couple of minutes, we were trying to time us. We we're away from home, crying out loud. Of course, we're going to do it. It didn't work. And um, yeah, I'm not saying for one second we we deserve to win the game. It's just it's just annoying when they bring bring that big old unit on. You knew what you knew what was going to happen. We should have dealt with the, we should have dealt with that mm. um, set play. Piercey slipped, but we didn't deal with it, and then we got punished, which is what this league is all yeah. about. I mean, I mean, we'll we'll hear from Lee Bayer later on in, in the show his thoughts after yesterday's game, and there was. Uh, some, some moaning at the referee for the free kick that shouldn't have been given but I mean set pieces have been a, a bugbear of ours for a long time now Lewis and, and I mean this was a, one of the more slightly chaotic ones you're going to see uh, whipped in flicked on Nihu eyes in there he's you know, like, as Nathan said on on commentary, it's like trying to move a wardrobe, you know, and he fell over. Then Jason Pierce, it just looked for all the world that Jason Pierce was going to be able to head it away, and the, and, and the ground's just gone underneath him. He's he's slipped over, and, and Stephen and, and Stephen Fletcher can't believe his luck a yard out. You know, he, he looked good when he came on, but he's not going to score many easier goals than that. And it's frustrating that once again we've been let down by a set piece. Well, yeah, as you say, Stephen Fletcher can't believe his luck, and I don't think we can quite believe our lack of it. You know, it's. It's a massive frustration again to concede from a set piece because it's something that we've you know we've we've rattled off in here many a time about 
how we've not defending them properly and we're giving away too many goals from set plays. You know, we've got that's where you've got your time to get organised because you're coming from a dead ball situation. I understand maybe towards the end of the game it was a little bit erratic because we'd had the the foul that was probably you know it was harshly given against us. It wasn't a foul, as Nave says. But you you got to keep your concentration until the final whistle goes, and unfortunately we didn't, and it's it's proved costly. It, would we have taken a point at the start of the game? Of course we would have. But I think that you know Wednesday themselves have been in a bit of a poor run of form. I thought they were probably there for the taking off the back of some of their disappointing results and off of a, a positive result on Saturday against Luton and a impressive away performance last time out against Forest. I thought they were probably there for the taking, but for some reason we just never seem to get going and it's been the common theme lately, even in the games we have won, we just seem to struggle so much of our ball retention and, and, and stringing these passages of play together that at the start of the season we were doing and, and sort of opening teams up and it seems that at the moment we just we can't hold on to the ball and, and whether that's that other teams are sussing us out or that we're just not completely sharp. I know we've we've had some of our ball playing, you know, the players that are good on the ball out for a long time injured are only just coming back in and maybe not 100% match sharp. But it's quite worrying because you're sort of looking at us sort of scraping around the, the bottom of the barrel for ideas and, and none of these ideas seem to be paying off. But yeah, it, it is quite doom and gloom at the moment. There is a long way to go, mm-hmm. but we've we've sort of put ourselves in a bit of a a bit of a situation now where Saturday's game has gone from being, you know, a big game to a crucial game because we really need those points. That mm. gap has closed alarmingly quickly and all the teams around us are starting to pick up results at the wrong time. I mean, obviously, that, that need for points is, is clear and obvious at the moment. We're now two points above the relegation zone and that's something that one of the debate points that was going around last night after the game was, I mean, clearly we were time-wasting, we were slowing the game down, we were reveling in it a little bit, we were laughing at it because we were frustrating Sheffield Wednesday and we were going for a nil-nil. When we got a free kick, maybe three minutes into that, four minutes of added time, that's a chance to whip it into the penalty area or send it long, maybe cause a bit of chaos, exactly what ended up happening at the other end. Now, what we did was we played it towards the corner, Lyle Taylor, I think it was, tried to win something, in the end, we, we, we gave the, the, the possession of the football away. Uh, and Sheffield Wednesday go down the other end and we know what happens next. Now, I mean, is there not a question to be had there? It's like, are we being too conservative in that situation? Should we not just go for the three points? Because a bit of luck, you know, why rest on your laurels against a side who have been vulnerable at home recently? That's one question that people have been asking. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it's it's different. Me and Tell were saying on comms yesterday, I mean, we still had um, McGeady on the bench. We thought, you know, is he going to bring McGeady on and try and go for it or is he going to bring Ben on again and try and you know try and uh, be quite solid at the back with Alfie being booked and stuff but I mean yeah there's there's fours and against on both I mean we could have gone for the you know we could have gone and tried to score and then it would have been a tame effort and then that ball could have come exactly the same way and they would have got the same free kick we never know but um, I mean yeah in terms of their form yeah I mean I would like to have us as have, have a little bit more of a go um, but I think the way that Sheffield Wednesday played our wing-backs was quite clever in terms of if they weren't letting Doughty come on the overload. Um, and they were obviously Murphy and and Harris, who was their outlet, which I think Adam Matthews dealt with him superbly all night, by the way, my man, a match. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, could, we possibly could have gone for it, and it was just one of those games where... It, it just turned bitty. I mean, it was, a, it was a lack of atmosphere. It was quiet. You know, it just seemed a really scrappy game and we couldn't really influence the game as much as we probably would have liked to, um, which is disappointing. But you're going to get those in the season. And, uh, I mean, just before you, you know, before you hand it over, for me, it's 
I'm looking at it in a way that we're two we're two points above the relegation zone. We're not two points underneath and chasing. I'd rather. I mean, we've got. Yeah, I know it's gone down from six to two, but we're st- it's still in our own hands, and that's what I'm trying to grasp on and trying to cling on to because mm. it's in our own hands. These next three games are big, if not huge, but it's still our destiny is still in our own hands. Mm. I mean, obviously the, the performance last night, as I said, it, it was it, it was flat. It was disappointing. Um, I thought we started okay, sort of first five, ten minutes, but then it settled into that pattern, similar, I'd say, to the first half of the Luton game where we weren't winning much in the midfield. Now, it was a, a slightly unusual setup in so much as Deji Oshelaja appeared to be part of the back of, of three centre-halves, but then whenever Alfie went forward, he sort of filled in at left, at left-sided defender. I don't, I don't even know what he was doing. And he was sort of... You know, the, the, but the, the main problem was, wherever it was, it left, it, it left a real lack of cohesion between the back line the midfield and the strikers who were so isolated in that first half and then it only really changed I felt when Lapsley came on in the second period and there was that midfield not winning the ball enough or, or not being able to to keep hold of it as well which is something we saw first half Saturday and it's something we've probably seen away at Stoke you know in, in other disappointing performances it's strange how you know we're on this run of winning losing winning losing but there's some really odd displays in there and I'd certainly put last night up there as one of those yeah 100% you know I think people have have noted it's probably the worst performance of the season so far I I disagree with that I think that I'd say I think Stoke was worse than last Stoke Middlesbrough Middlesbrough away by far was the worst performance I've seen but it's it's, as you say it's that struggle in the midfield and in these scrappy games your midfielders win your battles and, and we're not winning those battles at the moment it seems that whether we're we're too lightweight in the middle, I don't know. Davis is has come in. Whether he's supposed to be that sort of heavyweight anchoring midfielder that's that's sort of stepping in for Prattley at the moment, you can see how much we're missing him right now. He's not quite hit the ground running. To in, I'd say, you know, not taking a dig at him, but in fairness, I don't think he's quite hit the hit the ground running properly yet. You know, you're relying heavily on Josh Cullen and Lapo's come in and off the back of an injury and, you, and you're looking towards George Lapsley returning young player to sort of change games and, and I feel like he's had a positive impact both times he's come on but that probably shows how much we are missing in midfield at the moment when, you, when you're looking to George Lapsley to come on and change these games and I, I just don't know what it is at the moment as you say there I was quite confused at the layout uh, how we lined up last night with, with, the, um, with the back five I thought it was just going to be the sort of standard back five I didn't, didn't really see Deji filling in there but obviously you, when you lose Naby you, you, you're sort of running out of choices but to see Deji going over to the left well I think he's more naturally right sided I'm not, not 100% on that he might be might be a bit of both but it just seemed like Deji sort of conceded possession sort of one too many times yesterday which always constantly put us under pressure and that's and that's when Wednesday started to find their feet mm. uh, and as you say towards the end of the first half they were they were on the front foot massively yeah. were probably quite fortunate to get in 0-0 yeah. at half time and then you see the chances flow throughout the second half as well Yeah I mean that was the, the frustrating it took Sheffield Wednesday quite a while I mean even <laughs> though they were enjoying the majority of the possession I mean it was a really stop start game in that first half you're the Langford shows we keep going on about. But, you know, in terms of actual chances, I think they had that one towards the end where it was a mishit shot by Forestieri and sort of a stooping header mm. uh, from Connor Wickham, I think it yeah. was, that, that went over the bar. But then start the second half, within 30 seconds, they had, a, they had a real opening. Started to get the ball in and around that area a bit more. Uh, as soon as Fletcher came on, he forced Phillips into two very good saves, the second of which was a remarkable save from a header. Uh, and, and we just saw the chances. I mean, that's, that's when you're getting into that spell where it feels like the goal's coming. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the second half it, it probably had an effect on what you were saying about Deji. I mean, for me, when when you play Deji 
at that left hand side, naturally he, he he'll always come inside. He'll always come in, into the into the middle of the pitch to come on his right hand side, which the angle for doubt is gone. The only way he's going to do is if he clips it down with, with you know with his right foot, and it's not going to work. You can't put Piercy there because he's got the, their main threat was Harris and Murphy on the flank. So once they if they bypass Doughty, you're going to have one on one with no pace against Piercy. So I can understand why Deji went there, but you can see the balance was there. So what they did in the second half with Deji's, they let him have the ball. They let him have the ball. They'll drop. They, they'll stay on Doughty and Matthews on either side. And say Deji, go on then, do what you got to do. And the only thing you could do was go long to Bond and long to Taylor. They picked us off, and then that's when they came through. And like you say, Forest the air, we got space. Just after half time, Dills kept us in it. There was another couple of other chances, um, but yeah, they 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 knew they sort of knew what to do. They they played us really, and they knew exactly how we were going to play. They knew they weren't Deji's not going to come out like Nabby can and do a switch. They know he's not going to run with a ball, so he's going to only going to try and clip it either in the channel, which now he's always going to be marked, or to Macaulay, Bon or Lyle Taylor, and you know they've got a big robust centre half pairing, so. They done a job on us, similar to like Blackburn did. Mm. They they knew how we were going to play. Yeah, it, it was funny though. The more that this game went on without Sheffield Wednesday scoring, the more that some of us were just thinking, you know what, this could be an absolute classic smash and grab. And you know, Lapsley came on, and we'll talk more about his performance, but that did help start to create chances because we were winning the ball back further up the pitch, which we hadn't been doing for you know that first hour before he came on or so. Um, and he he set up that that shot from Lyle Taylor. Which would have been one of the greatest goals that, that Cholton has scored in a long time. The the, the long range sort of half volley that, that came cannon in back off the the crossbar. There was another one where I think it was Doughty who picked the ball up on that far side from what looked to be a real foul throw, for, in my opinion. But anyway, did well to turn it back into the middle. And again, I mean, I, I was sat behind that. If he was out of his chair thinking that Taylor was going to score that tapping, but it was a superb block uh, from the defender. There was another one where again Doughty, who actually didn't have one of his better games in terms of his distribution uh, of the football, but he made a superb run almost across parallel with the penalty box and you could see Andre Green who'd come off the bench uh, to replace a very quiet Macaulay Bond pulling away into space now if 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 Alfie had got that pass right Green would have been one on one and he probably would have finished it into the in, into the bottom corner but it's, I don't even know what, what Alfie did there he seemed to kick the ground before he kicked the ball it just he bobbled through his pass and, and he didn't get it right there were moments there which is why again I'm saying you know there were moments in the we didn't really have moments like this in, in the performances at Middlesbrough or at Stoke I mean there, there were little flashes which suggested oh my god we might actually nick something here and that's what we were sort of hanging our hat on yeah, there were there were glimpses of of what we can really do, and and as you say, Alfie is such a, a a threatening outlet on that side. His pace is is ridiculous, but he didn't have one of his better games yesterday. His, his touch was a little bit off. He was always sort of knocking it that bit too far in front of him. Couldn't quite get control of the ball properly, and that misplaced pass as well for for Andre Green. Um, yeah, the Lyle goal would have been sensational wouldn't it if that had uh, if that had gone in but I think that's why I was so frustrated because we we sort of showed glimpses and and they'd had all those chances in the build-up to it and that free kick right at the death where we should we probably could have just got it in the box and you never know what can happen as you say a little bit of luck it's only got to come off you know someone's someone's toe you've got to try and get in there at the, at the far post or anything just to get it over the line and, you, and you're looking at a, a complete smash and grab similar to last season up at up Burton I remember being absolutely peppered by Burton Albion all game and then Jason Pearce scoring a scoring a goal to, to nick a 1-0 win you, mm. it's possible you, because you've got to look at Sheffield Wednesday they hadn't scored in 2020 their confidence is probably low as well all those chances they had all those missed opportunities they had 
it would only take us going up the other end and giving it a go to to just you know sneak one at the end and their confidence is down. But we we sort of just tried playing it safe for that nil nil and, and as you say seconds later we're up mm. the other end and, and we're sort of look heads in hands thinking how how have we conceded yeah. so late on. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about George Lapsy then. So, I'd like to say, I thought he had a, a positive effect again mm. when he came on. Um, I asked Bowen, you hear what he says <laughs> about whether he, you know, if he's getting closer to to being ready to maybe even start a game. Um, but yeah, again, someone to win the ball up a bit further up in the middle of the park, which we weren't doing. Um, you see, you know, he was really box box to boxing it, wasn't he? Because he was back there defending, he was up there involved in moves going forward as well. Um, you know, some some something like that. I feel like we've missed for for the last couple of games, and you know, and he's provided it against Luton. And I thought he did well again last night. Yeah, I think it's undoubted that um, everyone knows what George is going to bring in terms of his effort and um, his determination and grit. Uh, I think the the difference between a Lapo and a and a doughty is when Lapo first came in. I remember that first game against Blackpool, he was a rabbit in the headlights. And there's a word that is just composure. That's what you can see with Lapo now. Whereas doughty is, he does all the running, but then he seems to rush himself in the final, in the final, but uh, in the final third, and he just needs that composure. Uh, composure. But Lapo yesterday was unreal. I mean, yeah, like I said, he was chasing, he was harrying, but when he got the ball, he made. He made sure he'd done something useful with the ball. He wasn't just running around like a Matt Holland, you know, just chasing around like a little terrier. Pardon the pun with Huddersfield. But, he, he, yeah, like you say, he he's improved so much in terms of his composure and he actually brings something to the side. And I think after that, he's got a shout to start on Saturday, for me anyway. Um, but we'll probably come around, we'll come around to the balance of the team at the moment later on. But... Yeah, no, I think he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. And it's nice to see him. He's a nice chap as well. Nice, wide-working chap. Improving a lot. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him again. Yeah, um, for Aaron Oztumer, we worked out, because obviously he started Saturday, started last night. We were sat there in the press room before, and I suddenly thought, I generally think that would be the first time he started consecutive games for us. It's the first time he's even featured in consecutive games. So he's not started one game, come on a sub next, or been subbed on two games in a row. He never plays two games in a row. Um I mean, in effect, he was unable to influence the game yesterday because he rarely saw the ball after the first 10 minutes. And that must have been hugely frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, Aaron's come in with a lot of promise. We've seen how, how good of a player he is when he's played against us previously, you know, with Walsall. And um, he shows so many signs of promise. I mean, that, that performance against Forrest on his debut was was up there, one of the best debuts you've seen for a little while because he was so influential. And he's he's got a lot in the locker when it comes to skill and taking a man on but there are teams like Sheffield Wednesday as Nave says with these you know these big unit centre-halves that unfortunately are going to are going to bully Aaron because he is that little bit you know he is a bit smaller than a lot of the people on the pitch and strength-wise it's just it's just physics he's not going to win those battles he's going to he's got to sort of have another side to his game to to get the best out of you know to, to make a fool of these defenders because at the moment in games like that, you, you, in like yesterday, you can't really get Aaron into the game too much, and it's frustrating because when he came in, I was I was really really excited to see what he'd bring, and and with that sort of lack of match time he's had, and, and as you say, sort of starting consecutive games or, or even featuring consecutive games, he's never really managed to get fully up to speed, and, and it's it's quite frustrating to yeah. see because he showed so many good signs on Saturday, I thought, and and didn't really deliver the same last night yeah well I just felt like he never he never saw the ball but that's uh, yeah. uh, we'll discuss uh, that more in a minute we'll also talk about you know where that leaves us in the 
the the the battle to avoid relegation back into League One here with uh, with Wigan uh, getting a result last night, Barnsley as well, Luton of course winning a game uh, during the week, and Huddersfield themselves winning against Bristol City on Tuesday. It's not been a good week for us uh, at all so far. Um, I want to hear what Lee Bayer had to say uh, before we come to some of your views as well. So I caught up with the Addicts boss after last night's defeat at Hillsborough, and this is what he made of it. I thought we deserved something from the game. We. Second half, first half was sloppy in that final third, but second half, I think once we won the ball back, we we created them problems. Um, I can't remember they were a good side, Sheffield once they were a good side. If and and in the end, we've been we've been conned. I think that's a fair word to use. We've been conned. That was not a foul. He's just give a foul there. I don't know. He, the ref just said to me because your players sandwiched him. Like, what? That's not a rule. It's just that's not a rule. Because like we've got one player in front and one player behind, then that's a foul. It's, it's ridiculous, and, and it's cost us. It's cost us a point, a, a good point. We deserve that point. Players gave everything, and then to 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 get that taken away from you in that manner. Is wrong. The way the goal went in as well, it seemed to be. It seemed like there was just a slip in the defence as, as a defender, Jason Pierce, was getting ready for a routine header away as well. It just must be so frustrating. Yeah, because they didn't deserve that. Didn't deserve that. And Sheffield Wednesday might argue that they deserved it, but I don't. I don't believe so. I think that Lowe's chance hit the bar. I think Lowe had another chance, and it was a great block. We created problems for them, and um, I think I think we deserved a point. I think a point would have been a fair result. Yeah, it certainly would have been a hard-fought point. There were there were times when when Dylan Phillips made a couple of great saves as well. But your players were trying to trying to put their best to put their foot on the ball and, and put in blocks and, and and that sort of stuff as well. But it, it just didn't go to the very end, and that must be the most annoying thing about this evening. Yeah, to, to lose and to a goal like that is it's, it's wrong, you know. Um, Dylan made some great saves, and but that's what he's there for, and, and, and he's been doing that. So um, I just just gutted, you know, just gutted for, for the players and, and for everyone to do with the club because we, we deserve something from the game. There's nothing more I can say about it. Like, that's it. We saw George Lapsley coming on again and again. He had a bit of an impact in the in the midfield. Do you think he's getting closer to being fit enough for to, to feature for a bit longer? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, was contemplating starting him tonight, but it just wasn't. Would have been a bit of a risk, you know. Uh, but again, he came off the bench and, and, and made good impact. He, his energy and won some good, good, valuable second balls, and so yeah, he uh, thought he done well. Well, see, in terms of the, the situation at the bottom of the table, I and mean, as we were speaking, Wigan was were tuning up at Reading. I don't know if that's changed in the last couple of minutes, but uh, it would close the gap down to, to two points. But does that you, you don't feel that increases the pressure because you know your side have been on a decent run in, in recent weeks? Yeah. Um, obviously, there's pressure. But there's, there's pressure on everybody. Uh, like I said, the weekend. Nothing changes for us. We know what points we have to, we have to reach. And nothing's, no one gives you anything in, in this league. You have to earn it. And uh, you have to fight for every point. And um, we'll keep doing that. Uh, I've no doubt. 
Um, tonight I thought we, we should have had another point on the board, but it, that's, that's what this league's like. It, it can just bite you sometimes. And um, most important thing now is that, that we recover right and, and get ready for Saturday. Yeah, another big one at Saturday up at Huddersfield is slightly different routine for you guys because I understand you're, you're staying up here uh, before the game. Uh, how, how will that change things for you? Will that give you more time to work with your team before the uh, before the important clash? Uh, well, no, you've only got, what, 48 hours anyway, so there's it not a lot of time. Um, yeah, the most important thing is just recovery now. Recovery and, and, and try and... Uh, try and get their, their legs ready for, for Saturday. Again, like we played tonight... Huddersfield played last night. That, that's happened twice, three times now already. Um, we, we we don't seem to catch the break where it's the other way around. They say it's meant to be even, but it's never going to be even, for sure. So, yeah. But it's what it is, and we have to get on with it. Just one more to add. I know Nabby tonight. I understand he's had a, a tight calf. Is that anything that's going to keep him out for a while? Has he got a chance for Saturday as he travelled? Um, yeah, he's got a tight calf, so we'll have to see how that, that that's uh, mending. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Yes, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, still looking back at the defeat at Hillsborough and Sheffield Wednesday on Wednesday evening, our first ever game with Sheffield Wednesday on a Wednesday. I think I've ever done that stat now. But um, yeah, Boya, um, it was an interesting one. I don't think I've ever received so many tweets in response to uh, tweeting about a manager's reaction to the game before because some fans uh, involved on the social medias last night were not too pleased with Lee Bayer's reaction to the game. They felt that he that he was implying that we deserved more uh, than we got when, when a lot of people didn't think that we did. Um, he, he used the word conned, of course, about the referee's decision for the free kick, which was hugely frustrating. But um, yeah, uh, do, do you think he over-egged how much we deserved out of that game, Nathan? Um 
yes and no. I mean, I know I know where he's coming from in terms. You know where where you can at that like a day. You've got to remember he's he's literally just seen his team. You know, try and hold on, and at the end of the time, you know, it's one decision that's gone against us. And yeah, we we should have dealt with it better. And he's still reeling. Um, he didn't say that we deserve to win the game, did he? Or did he? No, he yeah, to I was going to say, yeah. So if he said, yeah, we deserve to win, then I would have been like, hmm, no, not really, mate. But you know, it's, did I, did, he des- did we deserve to draw? Probably not. Like, it's like we. Do, do, you, do you think he was feeling cocky after it? Yeah, uh, don't possibly, but like. I don't know. It's just he. Um, we had a couple of chances. They had a few chances. Yeah. I mean, if they if they ended up winning one nil, but it wasn't last minute, you'd be like, right, okay. But I think the point was is that we held on for so long, and you know, I genuinely thought we were going to hold on. And then when it snatched away with you like that with just one moment, it's gutting. And I just think when he looks back at the game, he might have. A di- in my opinion, I think he'll have a different opinion. Mm. I think he might be like, well, we did ride our luck a little bit. Yeah, we had the chance with Lyle and. You know, we had a couple of chances, but we probably did ride it, you know, a little bit. Lewis, I mean, because I am interested, because like I say, I never received so many tweets after putting out a bit of managerial reaction as as I did last night. So, I mean, what were your views when you saw it? Pretty pretty similar to Nace, really. I think that it's frustration everywhere, you know, from, from the people watching at home that have, that have watched it on TV and the people that have travelled up there are sort of they've all got their own view of how the game panned out you know Bowes was obviously frustrated with the decision towards the end so he was probably sort of more focused on the fact that he felt robbed because you know ultimately it wasn't a free kick you don't give that free kick the ref blows up we go with a nil-nil not our best performance but you take a point on the road all day Um to say we deserve more, I disagree because I don't think that we were we were at it really. I thought Wednesday, if they get, if they scored the chances, they have a, a you know a daylight ahead in terms of winning that game. It could have you know could easily have been have been sort of three or four nil if they had some clinical finishes because they had so many chances. But I think that the the focus with Bowes yesterday coming out and doing the the post match, you know, it was obviously sort of still sort of fuming from that decision so in that sense you do we have been robbed because the decision was incorrect so it is going to be it is going to be a bit of a you know a bit of a kick in the nuts but apart from that I, I don't think we really deserve more but I can see what he means when he says that we were gutted because we we probably did just about enough to, mm. to scrape a point because we still defended well you know we Dylan. Dylan made some fantastic saves, and on, on that base, do you then think, you know, purely because of the amount of saves Dylan made, do we deserve a point out of that? I can see where he's coming from with that, but I do think ultimately, if you had to pick a team that deserved to win that game, the right team did deserve to win it. Yeah, squeaky bum time then. So no, for so we're yeah. we're, t- we're, t- we're two points above two points above the relegation zone. Mm. Wigan are in great form now. Uh, a superb win for them, three 0 at Reading last night. Barnsley beat Hull. Uh, Luton beat. Uh, Brentford during the week. Huddersfield, of course, beat Bristol City. So Middlesbrough and Stoke have, have just sort of tailed off again last last few weeks. Now, I mean, it's a huge it's a huge weekend for us, obviously. So we're playing we're playing Huddersfield away from home. Um, Hull are at home to Leeds. So I mean, if we're talking on paper, we know you you know which way you think that's going to go. But this is the championship; it's not going to go that way. Uh, Reading v Barnsley, another massive game because. Yeah, with the form that Reading are on, they could easily be get sucked into it a bit more. Luton versus Stoke, 
you know, can you believe it? All these teams down the, the bottom end of the table playing each other, Middlesbrough at home to, to Nottingham Forest um, on Monday. I mean, that this weekend, I mean, it's not going to define anything, but it's, it, it could really give that bottom of the table another shake-up. And it's important for us that we go to, to Huddersfield and make sure that we don't end up, you know, shaking through the sieve and falling down into the relegation zone because come five o'clock Saturday evening, we could be in a relegation zone. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I mean, it's boring, but... Not boring. It's no, terrifying. I, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the boring lot where I just think we just focus on our game. We win our games. We ain't got to worry. You know, I just think. But we ain't. I know. But we're if, winning some. If, if if I won't start panicking until if we come out of our next two games with either one with none or one point, there that that's when I'll start thinking. Well, hang about turtle head time. But I, I think we'll be all right, and I'm not going to panic yet. I'm just right. Let's win our games. Then then we can look at the... Because I'm not trying to focus. I, I think a lot of people can do the... Guess it, I mean, guessing the predictions and predicting every game to the end of the season, which you can, pointless. which is great fun. But yeah, like you say, it's pointless. Absolutely pointless. You're only going to worry and then you always have that bias of going, oh, I think we'll sneak a win here and then you end up winning, by, staying up by a point, obviously. Yeah. Um, we ended up in the top two. Yeah, in exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just thinking, let's concentrate on, our, on ourselves. It's in our hands. We're two points above it, not below it focus on ourselves and then worry about it after well let's have a look at some of the emails Mark Newbury uh, uh, email titled worried <laughs> uh, after watching that abysmal performance I am actually worried about the drop we faced a Wednesday side obviously lacking in confidence but allowed them to gain in uh, gain it by sitting back and letting them attack at will if we'd been 20% braver we could have stuffed them but too often we opted for the easy sideways pass with only Aussie looking up the pitch for Bon and Taylor looked rusty and if we do stay up a couple of centre halves are a must Lockyer has gone off the boil and a couple of games out might even let him rest yeah he's suspended now for two games we knew what was coming last night but failed to see it out again I've never and we've never been good at seeing out the clock with only Tony Watt a few years ago doing it properly uh, not go, not looking forward to seeing Carlin and celebrate his goals against us on Saturday. That's from Mark Newbury. And Michael said, sections of the first half were the worst I've seen us under Boyer. We could barely put two passes together. The only positives were Lyle and Dylan. I think we can put to bed any thoughts that Lyle was in 100% committed uh, and Dylan's save in the second half proved why he shouldn't be dropped. Uh, and even the mention of it on the show should be banned. Yeah, we, we haven't really had any emails in suggesting he should be uh, for a while. Hopefully Saturday uh, we can pick up ourselves and play a bit more positive of a uh, game, uh, actually playing for the three points from the off as we are now in the thick of it, right down uh, at the bottom. Yeah, we're in the thick of it. Do you, I mean, do you think a more positive performance last night, which is what both of those emails sort of suggested, would have would have garnered fruit for us, Lewis? It depends on how the, how the end result would have come out, doesn't it, really? I mean, ultimately... Everyone around us is starting to pick up results now, so we have we've got to start putting in some more positive performances and trying to win games because it's whatever we're doing at the moment. It's it's sort of it's sort of inconsistent, isn't it? We got the got the win on Saturday wasn't our best performance, but managed to sort of grind out a victory. And then last night was was disappointing. So it's it's tough, isn't it? Because everyone around us is starting to starting to hit form, and we're we're still being a little bit mm. inconsistent. So. It's, yeah, like we say, can't control other people at the moment, can't control yeah. other teams. Yeah, Tim Jackson said it was identical to the Bristol City game. We played it into the corner flag when we had a free kick in their half and we were level. We lost the ball and they scored. We were rightly punished for the negative tactics. For the first time tonight, I'm angry at Lee Bayer. They were there 
for the taking. F says, we were dreadful all game. Wasted possession, wasted at least a point. We move on, but for God's sake, stopped all this. Stop with all this. We were conned. We were dreadful. Uh, we, if we don't get at least a point on Saturday, then it really is squeaky bum time. No day off. Full training sessions each day, please. No more excuses. Dave Boy, um, just to take a little aside from talking about the game and to have a pop at Nathan, uh, says uh, penalty uh, on Saturday. Yeah, apparently a mysterious ball has been found on Mars, Nathan. Is that you? on Pluto. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from your penalty. You're right, David says, not that I'm worried, but do you know when the EFL will rule on possible point deductions for Birmingham Derby on Wednesday? Uh, cheer us up tonight sh- on tonight's show, please, because I'm still sick uh, as the proverbial after last night's disappointment. Yeah, I haven't heard really when they're actually going to get down and dirty with that and get that sorted. But we'll uh, hopefully hopefully see some massive point reductions for everyone else uh, in the division, apart from us. Uh, Spencer said he seriously wasn't looking forward to tonight's uh, show. Uh, we, uh, we do a great job, but last night was just too much to take. Uh, so there we go. Uh, Dave Boy says, I'm looking forward to hearing Leeds thoughts. You don't want to know what mine were. Um, so you can see, I mean, like I say, you can see there's certainly some disappointment. I'm still, I'm still getting tweets into now from yesterday's... Mm. Tweets from Boya, you know, people saying we weren't good enough. Um, you know, you can understand the frustration, certainly. Yeah, of course. I think it's come to the stage of the season now where performances aren't important for me. It's about points. Um, and yesterday, up until that free kick was given, we was getting one point and we were playing not really that well. And that's the main thing at this stage of the season. It's not about playing pretty football. It's about getting the points on the board. I think the, the, the disappointing bit for me was we touched a little bit on it on Deji earlier and a little bit on Aussie is what happens is is when when teams play us and they know they let Deji have the ball or, or Piercy or Lockie because um, Lockie was one of, earlier in the season, was one of the worst defenders giving the ball away in his own half. But what they do is, is Aussie, you can only play Aussie when you play to his strength, which is on the floor. When we play long, the game just bypasses Aussie, which it did yesterday. And the same probably to an effect with, with the Luton game, apart from the second half. The, once the game bypasses him, he's null and void. He's not effective. And um, and I think that's when he's not on his game, like the Forest game, the first half, we play to his strengths and he absolutely run the show. And that's what we've got to try and do is when he plays, is try and play to his strengths, which we didn't do yesterday. Game game goes by him and then you've not got like no link up play because you've got Cullen and Davis that are sitting too deep and can't dictate the play between the lines of them two Aussie and the two forwards so but that's the disappointment me but for me p- performance just swerved that one just get the points which we've all said that we need to start doing now mm, right well and Don Crenassa says uh, going to lose in the last minute but we mustn't dwell on it for too long we need a big reaction from the lads for Saturday's game this is just as important as a Luton match so let's not dwell on it let's start to turn our attention to the game at Huddersfield on Saturday after this quick break the ball, Bond over to the left hand side, Kyle finds him, and Bentley's coming out of his goal, and Bond's got past him, Bond with the charge, yeah! Bond with the goal, oh what a goal, end to end stuff here at Ashton Gate, and McCauley Bond gets another goal, Bentley for whatever reason came out of his goal, Bond gets there first, and with a tiny left footed finish, and end to end stuff, Pachon have the lead. <laughs> Oh, 
Right, so welcome back. This is Charlton Live, the big match preview. Let's turn our attention to Saturday's massive game uh, with Huddersfield Town up there at the John Smith Stadium. Uh, Charlton sitting in 18th on 39 points. Huddersfield sitting in 19th on 39 points. We've got a goal difference uh, of minus five. They're on minus 15, so our goal difference is 10 better. That's the only thing that's keeping us above Huddersfield at the moment. Point, really? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, if, if that's the difference between finishing 19th and 18th of the season, I'll be delighted because it means we won't have been in, involved in the relegation uh, worries. Uh, but we currently are right in the thick of it as we uh, as we have been for a while now unfortunately um, right Huddersfield obviously came down from the, the Premier League last season and that just seems to have been a, a bit of a downward spiral for them really they had uh, Jan Seawert uh, still as a manager at the start of the season were unable to pick up I think one point in the first eight or nine games it was an unbelievably poor start to the season they then uh, finally uh, made the change uh, and they picked up to an extent didn't they when Danny Cowley took over as manager his brother uh, was the assistant um, so I wanted to find out a bit more about Huddersfield Town I spoke to Brady Frost uh, he's from the uh, and he takes that chance podcast the Huddersfield Town uh, podcast he's really pleased when uh, the Cowley brothers uh, joined uh, from Lincoln jo- signed up at the John Smith Stadium uh, and says that he uh, was really pleased with the choice that those two made to come to Huddersfield I was really pleased when the Cowleys came in because they were my first choice um, and they turned us down originally but our, our new chairman Phil Hodgkinson was persistent I'm glad he was um, I think uh, what they've changed is they've got rid of the players who didn't want to play for us in the championship. Um, so we had, you know, we dipped into the French League a lot in the in the Premier League for, you know, these young talents that didn't quite work out. Um, and when we were relegated and, you know, losing to Luton, um, players like your Terence Congolos, your uh, Adama Diakabis didn't want to play for us. Um, so I think uh, now that they've had the January transfer window, we've... Um, We've got like dogged and determined, experienced players and a bit of quality, which we didn't have. It's it's weird to say, but we had, did have a big squad, but we didn't have players who wanted to play for us. So we actually had quite a thin squad. Um, but I think what the Cowleys brought in is, is this terrier spirit um, that the club kind of market. But it's about, you know, it's not about the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And I think our fans, we just want to see a team give it all and, you know, just just challenge for every every ball and just put in a shift um, and I think that has the Cowleys have brought that back it's been difficult to kind of see how they want to play because we've had injuries to key men um, I'd say in the last couple of games though the Cowleys have started playing a 4-2-3-1 formation mm. uh, and Smith Emil Smith-Rowe who we signed online for Arsenal has really shined um, and so we seem to be we seem to be playing um, with a bit more flair and we have a bit more quality now and um, but this season, it's just about survival. Um, I, th- I think next season, if we do stay up, we can really, really build on it. Uh, I'm not saying playoffs or anything like that, but I think we could be a top 10 team. It's just, um, yeah, it's just getting over the line this season because, as I'm sure you guys know, it's uh, it's been up and down. Yeah, I mean, what have you made of the, the championship relegation battle? Because... I mean, as a Cheltenham fan, every time we win, I think, oh, that's it. I think we're almost safe now. And then all of a sudden, we seem to throw it away. And now with Wigan and, and Barnsley and Luton all seeming to win games in, in, in recent weeks, it's made it very interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why I love the championship. You know, it's just so... Un- I know it's just such an unpredictable league. And, um, yeah, you touch on it. I think uh, Huddersfield Town fans are feeling exactly the same. You're like... Going from, I mean, we we lost it at the weekend to Swansea, and it was the manner of the defeat that was particularly bad. And everyone's like, "Oh, you know, we're going down." Um, and then we win against Bristol, and it's like, "Oh, we'll be fine." 
Um, but yeah, like you say, it's just it's just such a crazy league. Like you know, Barnsley obviously beat Fulham three nil away. Luton beat Brentford in the, in the week. It's and Wigan have gone on this run. It's just it's just there's, I I wouldn't say there's I wouldn't say the league is got the most quality it's an exciting league but there's no team like your Bolton last season where they're just um, you know there's just a really bad team in it so for the neutral I suppose it's really exciting but for mm. Huddersfield fans and Charlton fans it's uh, very nervy and yeah and obviously it's going to be a nervous affair uh, up at the John Smith Stadium on Saturday I mean how, how do you see it going how do you feel going into it you got that massive win against Bristol City during the week uh, obviously we were pegged back by Sheffield Wednesday last night but we're on a a run of, of win-loss, win-loss. So if that pattern continues, we're due a win. I mean, well, how, how do you see it going on Saturday? Um, I think it's going to be a, a proper classic six-pointer. It's going to be really scrappy because it's, it's a big game for both teams. Um, I think with what I would say under the Cowleys is we're a team that surprises. Like you touch on with Bristol City, I don't think many fans were expecting us to, to get anything from that game, uh, let alone win. Um, but then we'll go and lose to you know um, Barnsley. So I think we, we tend to surprise against teams we're not expected to win against, but struggle to beat the teams around us. Um, and obviously, if you look at Charlton's away form, you guys have only won uh, one game in the last ten. So you look at that and feel confident. And obviously, as you say, you got that sucker punch against Chef Wednesday. But I think uh, to use that cliche. It's whoever scores first. I think if we score first, it'll force you out and then that really plays into our hands. But if you guys score first and obviously you've got that loud Taylor, a great attacking threat, you'll defend for your lives and we'll find it really hard to break that down. And then our fans get frustrated because obviously it's been a frustrating season and then that plays into your hands as well. So um, if I'm going to stick my neck out, I think it'll be 2-1 but to us, but it, oh my God, it's, it's going to be so nervous. I'm yeah. uh, dreading it. <laughs> So there we go, Brady Frost from the And He Takes That Chance uh, podcast, giving us a lowdown on Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah, it's been a weird season for them. I mean, they that win against Bristol City during the week was absolutely huge for them because uh, that was their first win in four games. Um, with the sides in and around the relegation zone starting to pick up points, Lewis, I mean... They'll be very, very wary of, uh, of of how important this game is on Saturday for them as well as us. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, they're a side that they obviously they obviously got one over on us here when we played them uh, back in November. Um, it, one of those sides that, to be honest, at the start of the season, I didn't quite expect to be down where they are because you look at some of the players they have in that side. But... As uh, as Brady said, there sometimes you do get these big, you know, these Premier League players in, and they don't suit the Championship. So they have kind of had to re- rebuild, and obviously it didn't work out under under Jan Sawyer, and they they managed to get the Cowley brothers in, who were sort of good good experienced managers in the football league. So it, I, I'm quite shocked that they are down there, but it's going to be one head of a battle on on Saturday because we, we're going to need to bounce back pretty quickly and. They've had a couple of decent results at home, especially, and not so good on the road. But it's going to be a tough one to call. I really do think it is. It's going to be one of those horrible, uh, horrible games, and we've got to we've got to step up and be the yeah. be the better side. Obviously, they've got a pretty decent striker, and they Huddersfield Town in the form of Carlin Grant, Naif. Um one, one, one we're going to be very wary of. Um, we know we know everything he's about, and I mean he's going to be a real handful. His pace is going to kill us. Yeah, his pace will kill us, but we also know what he wasn't good at as well. 
Which um, is? Which I don't, I don't think he's... I think he can get bullied, I think. Um, he is quick and he is, he, his strength did improve, but I don't wouldn't say he's going to be able to... I mean, if the way it stands is you've got Deji, who's you know, he's no slouch, Piercy hasn't got the pace on that. So I imagine he's going to try and peel off and probably attack Purrington or Alfie on that left-hand side with Piercy playing on the left. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, they're not one team. If they were that amazing, they wouldn't be where they were. But yeah, we've got to be wary of of um, of his pace. But just like they've got to be wary of Lyle. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, a danger. Of course it is. Um, but we just need to try and not let him get mm. be a predator in the box like you know he can be. Um, but yeah, and try, I can't see us playing a high line. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, looking at how we're gonna set up. I mean, the, fir- the first thing we know is that Tom Lockyer's out, suspended two games, very very soft yellow card last night, and he was only two games away from the cutoff as well. So if he had survived last night. I think two more games after that, then the 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 amount of yellow cards that you had to get to get a ban would have reset up to fifteen. So he might have got away with it, but obviously mm. he didn't frustrate in Naby a doubt at best. I mean, he, he did. Bayer did say uh, we heard in the interview that we'll have to see how it lands. He told to he, he told Rich that you know he, he's hopeful he'll be ready for the weekend, but we don't know, so we'll have to put him down as a doubt. So, I mean, that that could be a, a, a centre half pairing of 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 Jason Pierce and Deji Oshalaja, which is. Not something I think we've tried before. No, it's an unfamiliar pairing. And, you know, I think we have got to kind of sort of prepare for the fact that we are going to be without Naby at the weekend. And with that being the case, yeah, you you would have, that's sort of the only option we've got, isn't it, really? Um, you, Prattley's obviously out as well. Sometimes we've seen Prattley drop into the into the back four and do a job or, or a back five, but... I think I think we're going to be we're going to have to line up with with Deji and Piercy. I I wouldn't be as they've said off air about maybe Parent and coming back in at left back as well just to sort of shore it up a little bit. Um, Matthews was my my man of the match as well on uh, last night, so I can see him sort of retaining his place. And then it's just whether the only confusion then is whether we do we go for a five or a or a diamond. I'm not sure how we'll set up away from home. Huddersfield, uh, Brady said they they line up in a in a four two three one so. We've got to kind of be wary of the width, especially because I think at the moment they, they're playing Carlin out wide because they'll they have Fraser Campbell up top and they've got Carlin on one side and um, I can't remember who they've got on the other side, Smith Rowe as well. It's, there's a lot of pace in that side. So we've got to find something that's going to suit. So whether we do go for the for the flat four with, with someone sitting just in front to, to sort of cover, I think that, that's probably the way I'd line up, but down a bows, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would you do, Nath? Because I mean, people talk about tactics a bit. Last night, they, they, they might have tried something different. Yeah, I think even if Naby's fit, it's a conundrum because I, I don't believe in playing two left-footed centre-halves. I think it ruins the rhythm and and the balance. Uh, I'd go with a back, uh, back four. I'd play a diamond. Um, I mean, with the players we've got at disposal, if, if Pratt's was fit, which I don't think he is, um, but I don't, again, it might change. Uh, I'd probably... It's difficult because I'd have to play Davis at the holding, even though I think Josh needs to play there. We haven't got enough players because Davis is in the box to box. I put Lapo in there. Yeah, I'd put Aussie at the top. Um, if Pratt's was fit, I'd put him either side of Lapo, and then put Cullen as the holder and put Davis on the bench. But if it's, it looks like what well, Prattley was at the training ground today. It looks like well, he's done that video or whatever. But he might travel. You know, make miles away, are we? So, um, but yeah, that's what I'd do. As um, I'd ideally put Cullen at the base, Aussie at the top, Lapo and one other. 
to the side because mm. I think we you can tell when we when Cullen don't dictate that play you can tell because that's it, that's what he is he's a sort of an anchor man that sort of regista who gets the ball going the water, like sort of water carrier and um, we we're lacking that at the moment because yeah. we're playing two two sitters which isn't working yeah I mean so Lapsley that seems to be a bit of a no brainer for me Lewis if he's fit enough after his performances last two games that energy midfield you know just a body who turns up in places when we are getting over on the midfield it, it feels like that that has to be the the, the 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 change you make in that middle part part of Definitely. the pitch. He's been that box to box midfielder that we've missed since since we lost Conor Gallagher, and uh, you know he's not he's not quite got the scoring record thus far of Conor Gallagher, but that box to box energy that he brings, and and as Nafe has said, the fight and the 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 effort that he brings every time he chases down every ball, you need that you need that sort of fight in that middle, and and we have looked completely flat there because we've we've played too many defensive midfielders mm. in there and it's we've not had anything going forward so Lapo showing that he can do both jobs Aussie Aussie at the at the tip of the diamond would work as well it's just figuring out who you play who you play alongside Lapo if you if you're dropping Cullen to the base it's we're a little bit short of options I can't see Smith starting because he's mm. probably a little bit lightweight as well in there you probably want someone that's that can drive forward but at the same time has got enough uh, to sort of help out defensively as well. You, you've got you, you've got another option you could put you could put Lapo in the middle with Davis and Cullen and go for a free you could have Bon Green and Lyle up front or, or up top at width or even Aiden. You've got that option if you want to match them. So he's he's got options. I just mm. I just think when you you can't you can't have Davis and Cullen at a base. It's one or the other. Yeah, they can't go together. Mm. They're doing things a little bit differently this week, of course, because of the the close proximity of the games. And also, we heard Lee Bow. You're not happy about the fact that Huddersfield again get 24 hours grace they get an extra day you know and uh we're staying up in in, in the yorkshire area they're training uh they're borrowing the, the the training grounds of a couple of clubs up that way uh this week so i mean it, it changes the road the routine for them um i mean do you, do you think that I, I i was thinking last night i wonder how that affects as a, as a mentality because because you're still on the same trip as a as a the performance against sheffield wednesday if you come home and you're here at the training ground today and it's almost like you started afresh but because you're still on the same trip, will that work in mindset-wise? Will that be because I mean, if you were in the same hotel from this morning, you said they looked down this morning, but you know, does that give does that give Lee Bayer a you know 48 hours intense time with the players to get that out of their system, or are they sitting there dwelling on it? Well, I think you can go one or two ways, can't it? I think when when you have a defeat, a lot of players can say if say you lose at home, they can go home to their families, they can unwind. Whereas now they're all together. So it'll go, it, could, they, it could actually help. I think it might help. They're all together. They know what happened, what went wrong. They were a bit down, as you can understand. You know, we lost the game yesterday. They ain't going to be prancing around, you know, all happy as Larry because, you know, no, no one likes losing football games. Um, but I think it'll help. You know, they'll get their recovery done today. You know, they'll probably talk. They've got loads of spare, not loads of spare time, they've got spare time together. They'll probably mm. talk about it. I think it'll do a good thing for them yeah. for to, to go up there because they can't do much else. But yeah, because obviously you were, you were doing the comms last night. So mm. you stayed in, in the team hotel and you got to see the the team and the management staff sort of hanging around, hang, hanging about. I mean, how did they, did they feel sort of natural or did, like, did they feel happy? What's it like being in? Because obviously I've never actually got, got the pleasure of, of doing that sort of stuff when they're hanging around. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, this morning... Obviously, they come down. They come down for breakfast and that. And like, like I just said, they weren't. They, you know, they're polite, of course they are. You know, they still they still said hello to us all and and whatever. But yeah, you can tell that they lost a the football game because they're all winners and the Bows a winner and no one's going to be happy. But um, but we've got to remember they are a strong strong knit group. They all still come down. They all you know don't have any like 
cliques or anything like there were probably once upon a time. Everyone was all together and and there were it was quite a subdued atmosphere as you can imagine. It's like last like ninety fifth minute, of course it's gonna happen, but but yeah, no, it was it was it was nice and uh yeah. It's nice to go for like a swim and then bump into them. You know, uh, Bose and Jack are in the change room. It's just a bit surreal, really. But yeah. it was uh, the longest. Now we won't go, too, <laughs> go into that. <laughs> we're not going. To, we're not doing. Uh, we're not doing the soccer AM jokes, are we? Uh, <laughs> not like that one. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right. No let's idea. get. Let's get on to the. Uh, let's get on to the the predictions then. So, Lewis, obviously, it's a big game. Are you going up there? Or? I'm not. No, no, no. boo. Um, but I know. yeah, who, how, how do you feel it's going to go? Um, <sighs> scrappy. I think it. It's got one one written all over it, I think. But yeah. if I'm if I'm going to be ultra positive, take that I reckon we nick it. I'll take one all day. Yeah, off the off the oh, back. Because I mean, that's I mean, very quickly we're going in ten seconds from the end of extra time. We've got a free kick. Do we send it to the corner? or Do we go for the winner? Go for the winner. Yeah, mm-hmm. risk uh, risk losing it. We we tried that the other day and we ended up losing it without yeah. without taking any risk. Yeah. So, so all right, Nathan, let's have your prediction. Three two. Three two. Yeah. Us three two to us yeah, yeah oh, lovely what a game. yeah I'd be screaming that way two 0 down or like no it'll be tip for tap and then I think we'll get like we'll get a penalty in the last ten I love that I love that all day long and Lyle Taylor will take twelve minutes walking up no, to the ball you. to waste time did look at Deddy no, take no, it no, yeah. <laughs> right excellent right we've run out of time on uh, this week's uh, big match preview uh, thanks to all of you who have joined us looking back at the defeat at Sheffield Wednesday and looking ahead of course to Saturday's huge huge game uh, with Huddersfield Town up at the John Smith Stadium thank you to uh, uh, to Lewis and to Nathan for being here no worries mate much love I've been Louis Mendes thank you to, for listening to this evening's show we'll be back here on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Huddersfield I hope and I pray that it's three points for them Charlton boys we shall see you later Charlton Charlton